0: Hello, beautiful women. Thank you so much for tuning into my final episode for 2021. What a year of transition, expansion, and growth it has been for me. I just wanted to say a huge thank you for all of your support listening into every single episode this year. I feel so proud just to know these conversations are supporting you and your journey of life, whether that's through motherhood, being a stepmama, health and wellness, whatever the reason that you're here each week, I value your support so much and I cannot wait to bring you more juicy and empowering conversations in 2022. Episode 65 is with founder of Vitalita, women's health coach, meditation, Pilates and yoga teacher Georgina Sedal. Down in today's app, we talk about redefining the meaning of success, creating boundaries, being a form of self-care, stop glorifying unhealthy habits and what that looks like, tips to reducing your mental load, introducing breath and meditation in the simplest of ways and so much more. I know you guys are going to absolutely adore Georgina and everything that she advocates for um, we aligned so well and we connected really beautifully in today's episode. So please make sure that you share this with someone you know needs to hear a conversation just like this one or simply share to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you tag me at Inside Out with Chris. A little warning, I was a little bit under the weather this episode um, when it was recorded a couple of weeks ago so I do apologize my voice is a little bit husky but I know there is so much golden nuggets to take away from this conversation. Without further ado, let's dive in to the final episode of 2021 with Inside Out. Thank you again so much for your support and I can't wait to bring you more next year. Thank you so much for joining me today, Georgina. It is absolutely my pleasure to meet with you and connect with you here. You'll have to excuse my voice, everyone. I have been quite unwell and I'm slowly recovering, but as we were just talking about before we hit record, I feel like showing up even when it's not perfect is definitely something I advocate for. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me and thank you for showing up.
0: <laughs> Look, I will want to get into some pretty big questions with you, but before we do that, I would love if you can just share a little on you, your life and what it looks like for you right now.
1: Mm. So I actually turned 40 recently, which is exciting. <laughs>
0: Happy and birthday.
1: Thank you. And if you told me 10 years ago that this is what my life would look like i wouldn't have believed you Mm -hmm. not for a minute so i never set out to run a business after university i spent about a decade working in museum and galleries and then moved into cultural policy and like so many people listening i'm sure i actively sought out more responsibility more money more opportunities to advance my career because those were my markers of success that's what we're told is important
0: right right
1: unfortunately the price that i paid while climbing the corporate ladder was anxiety burnout and depression but it took what i thought was a heart attack and a very kind but straight-talking paramedic to bring me to my senses so it was back in 2011 i was wheeled out of my central London office on a stretcher and the paramedics ran an EKG in the back streets and fortunately everything was fine but they did advise me to consider taking some time off work and just reflecting on the decision on the direction my career was going in And it was very clear to me that this wasn't the first time that they had given this piece of advice, but I really took it to heart and it was a major turning point for me, um, ultimately leading me to where I am today. So, you know, today, fast forward, like most women, I wear a lot of hats. My husband and I co-founded Vitalita, which is um, a health and wellness business dedicated to helping busy women create lives brimming with vitality. I work in the business as a women's life and wellness coach. I'm also a yoga, Pilates and meditation teacher. And then behind the scenes, I'm everything from um, CEO and bookkeeper to social media manager and IT support, but you know, never in a million years did I think that this was how life was going to to turn out. But I'm so grateful because I'm finally in the driver's seat of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to live and work in a way that feels really nourishing, that supports my well-being, that aligns with my values. And I'm helping other women to do the same.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible journey you've had. And you are you know, a woman of many many hats and trades it seems so you you sort of do it all which is amazing i um i sort of call it myself the wonder woman hat when we put it on because it is you know a woman of so many different abilities and skills. And we all wear this one hat sometimes. And then we're also showing up in so many different roles in both our personal and professional life. I really resonated with where you were talking about climbing the corporate ladder and how that was your version of, at that time, your version of success. Um, Something that I'm quite passionate about sharing is changing the narrative on firstly, what um, what family means so personally, what family means to you and, and how that shows up in your life, changing that narrative because I am a step mama and I have a blended family and I was raised in a blended family um however the dynamic professionally as well changing the narrative on what success means for you um example owning a home why does that why is that so important to so many people because we were told and conditioned to believe that when you own your home you're successful when you or perhaps it's a car so materialistic items where you've got this big flashy car because you thought that that would bring you the fulfillment of happiness and success right so really looking at changing that narrative in every aspect in our life can actually find or discover our own fulfillment in versions of ways that we possibly didn't think we could find.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it takes, it takes courage to challenge those norms and those, those cultural narratives. Mm. For example, um, my husband and I are child free by choice. Mm. Um, And that, that. that can be, a very challenging thing to bring up with people and you know it's we've certainly had to work through our own kind of self-worth issues and figure out where Mm. we fit in the world so like that's just one example but it might be you know about getting married or as you said like choosing to define career success in a different way or Mm. whatever it might be but it, it certainly takes courage
0: and that's a really interesting thing to bring into this conversation because I actually had A conversation with um, a few of my family members recently, my mum and my aunties, over the weekend regarding um, I have two toddlers, very full on, and then I have two school-age stepdaughters who we have 50-50. So we're really busy when we've got the four kids. It's absolute chaos and it is brutal. And, you know, I'm being pulled and prodded from all different avenues. Um, I get really, really drained when the girls go back to their mums and I have like a day of like, whoa, I just feel like I'm having a mental breakdown because I am so pulled in so many different directions with different emotions. And I was having this conversation and I was saying to my mum and my aunties, I wonder if I wasn't taught to believe when I was six years old, here's your baby born, you're a mummy now, all these little introductory things into my childhood that motherhood was just a non-negotiable for me, would I still feel if I had been raised in today's society where there is so many choices and freedom and the the ability that we, we are giving our children to connect with who they truly are and their true desires, would I have still chosen motherhood because this is hell sometimes and sometimes I'm like, fuck, why did I have kids? Why did I do this? I could be living a totally different life and, look, love my kids, don't get me wrong, and wouldn't change a thing, but also looking at I wonder if that conditioning made me want to have children so I like that you're changing that narrative in your relationship and in conversations with your friends and family
1: yeah yeah quite possibly and I guess we'll never know the answer to that question (laughs) stuck with them (laughs) but I have I have so much respect for women who are mothers whether that's biological mothers um or or Step or adoptive, whatever whatever the definition may be, but um, you know, most of our clients are, are mothers, mm. and yeah, I just hats off to all of you for everything that you do.
0: It's risky business. Let I me tell I you, I don't think
1: you can do it, to be honest, and that's actually one of the reasons behind my decision. I actually don't think everyone's cut out for motherhood
0: no a hundred percent they're not there half the population shouldn't be parents in my opinion (laughs) but moving on from that because we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about you and you are an absolute advocate for finding self-care that works for you which as you know aligns perfectly with my wellness reset program I've recently put out into the big bad world um I'm really excited to learn more about what this does actually look like for you in day to day and how you support women to find their version of a healthy lifestyle so can you share a little more on
1: this absolutely and i think you're right there is we have a very similar approach so i'll start with what self-care looks like for me personally um and aside from psychedelics there aren't too many things i haven't tried over the last 10 years but in terms of practices that have stuck you know obviously there's yoga and meditation i incorporate journaling and reiki I say most mornings it fluctuates let's be honest Mm -hmm. Um, I also like to float once or twice Mm -hmm. a month but the three things I prioritize are sleep I prioritize sleep over and above everything else and I am absolutely not ashamed to admit that I have what most people would consider a child's bedtime I love (laughs) that we call it sleeping in on the other side Mm -hmm. Um, the second is strength training So the stronger I get physically, the stronger I feel mentally. And I absolutely know that you are on board with that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I train Mm -hmm. kind of four to five days a week and I walk out of the gym feeling like Wonder Woman, like I could achieve anything, which is amazing. And then the third thing is boundaries. And I think that this is a really important but underrated self-care practice, you know, saying no, setting really clear boundaries. And that is something that has this like ripple effect throughout my life. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's me personally, but in terms of helping other women find their version of a healthy lifestyle, you know, here at Vitalita, we believe that wellness is about so much more than looking good. You know, it's about, feeling good inside and out. So to that end, we aim to address wellness from um, a whole range of angles and figure out what approach is going to work for each individual. And we use a tool that we like to call the wellness wheel and it's based on the wheel of life. Um, So if anyone's familiar with the wheel of life, health is just one element of, of many. And we've taken health and we've broken it down into components. And it includes really traditional things like um, physical strength and fitness and nutrition. But we also look at sleep and energy levels, mental and emotional resilience, confidence, mindset, motivation, habits. So it's a very holistic um, way of, of looking at wellness. And we use this tool as part of our onboarding process. And then we revisit it with our clients every 90 days, which gives them this this great opportunity to really take stock and identify what is and what isn't working, um, to decide where they want to focus their effort for maximum impact, mm. to commit to simple actions to get the ball rolling, and also to pinpoint any additional support or resources they might need. So, you know, it allows us to tailor our services to our the, the individual needs. But I think more importantly, it gives clients their power back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it 100% does. I'm just thinking how much your programming aligns with what what I'm doing and what I'm sharing. And I love that because I feel like there's this is my mission to stop overcomplicating what healthy looks like for you. It's something that I've been working on for the better part of the decade I have done everything under the sun. I've tried it all. Name the program, name the ebook, whatever, it's in my computer. So I know more than anyone what wellness burnout is and the cycle of abuse that I've put on my body By and also mentally always feeling unsuccessful. And like, I couldn't get it right. And that Monday mindset thing as well. I'll start again, Monday, I'll start again, Monday. I'm going to do this program starting Monday. You know, I'm really trying to shift that still, still in my life right now by showing up as the, in the next meal, by drinking more water that day. Even if I make a poor choice, that's not, you know, from a place of love. And I have a bottle of wine instead of a glass of wine the next day I eat really well. And I nourish my body because I know the day after I'm going to feel a hell of a lot better than I would by, you know, putting it, saturating it in crappy food. Um, Something that I also advocate for is looking at health from the lens of, you know, taking, stripping it back and going back to the fundamental key elements that we need to be healthy. And that's hydration, quality sleep, nourishing our bodies with food, you know, and having a couple of coffees in a day, for me, it's not a no-no. It's yeah, do it. Have your coffee, enjoy your coffee, going for walks, making movement, your medicine and making it more therapeutic than punishment and going inward and going to journal prompting and doing self-love challenges and things like that, where you can get uncomfortable and, you know, really sit in that growth, in that discomfort, because that's what will enable you to want more and to take more inspired action in your everyday. So, Everything that you guys are doing, I absolutely love. I think it's such a priority to bring into so many communities because women, you know, there's a lot of information and it's almost like the influx of information for the last few years with social media taking off and things. We've been inundated. Our brains can't handle all of this wellness info and, we're, you know, it's contradictory to the next thing and we're saying we're being told this is right, no, this is right, no, this is right now. With all the new fads that come out, we, we sort of get on this, Wheel, and we can't get off the wheel. So I think it's just really important, as you have just said, to again strip it all back, go back to what's going to nourish your mind, body, soul, and going inward on that. Okay, quick ad break to share with you my wellness reset program, which is restarting this January 10th. If you are someone who has been just like me and you've spent years running on the health and wellness wheel and each and every time are completely overwhelmed and unfulfilled as each fat and diet simply falls apart, this 21-day program is for you. This program is not for your excuses and bullshit. We are going to look at your life holistically, connect the dots to reveal the patterns that work for you, and ultimately up-level the fuck out of your health and wellness and create sustainable, wholesome habits. I will be here with you to guide you and step you powerfully into the fullest version that I know you can be, but I need you to commit and show up for me for 21 days. So let's start 2022 aligned, empowered, and fucking ready. This is a free program. So tell me, what do you have to lose? You simply have to click the link in the show notes of this episode and join the wellness reset group and say yes. All right, let's get back to today's episode.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really refreshing when wellness professionals like yourself talk about the challenges because there's this strange perception in the industry that if, if you are a wellness professional, you must always be well and you must always have your... Am I allowed to swear?
0: Yeah, please just
1: do. Your shit together.
0: <laughs> yes, um, I understand.
1: And like, let's just not... The way it works, like you're a human being, I'm a human being. We get things wrong, we make Mm. mistakes, Mm. Um, and I think it's I think that that is what is lacking a lot of the time, particularly on social media. There's a lot of performative perfectionism, and I think it, you know, it, it it sets people up to fail you know if you can't do it perfectly why bother
0: doing it at all a hundred percent and I feel like in the wellness space too with you know all the fits bows out there a lot of people wouldn't you know you might see I don't know see someone out in public that's gone and gotten absolutely drunk off their scone the night before and then they're showing up being like all fit and perfect and not showing that they're hung over as a dog and it's like Who cares if you had too many margaritas last night? I'm going to show up and tell you I had too many margaritas last night. I had a great time. And we've also got to remember that this is life. This is one life. The perfectionism is creating this comparisonitis in women, in young girls. My stepdaughters have TikTok and as much as I hate what they're exposed to, I'm really noticing that the years younger than what I was when I started noticing, you know, body image and things like that and, and picking apart things that I didn't like about myself. They've noticed that so much younger than me and they're wearing things for other people. They're making decisions at school to please other people um, and they're seeing that, that they need to be a certain way, act a certain way and become this version of themselves that's only going to be desired online. So knowing that that's what young girls are exposed to at the moment and also women as adults you know we've got our adult brain and we can make big adult choices <laughs> but we're still exposing ourselves to this influx of other women who aren't showing up as their authentic selves unfortunately because they're dealing with their own you know perfectionism and and their own comparisonitis issues mm-hmm. and instead we're wanting this purpose perfectly manicured instagram feed where we can't be our authentic selves and i feel like that's the biggest failure that we could possibly Encourage in ourselves and the people around us. We want to strive to be imperfect. We should be striving to be honest and be raw and be really vulnerable because that's going to support so many more people than it would showing up perfect.
1: Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because just before we started recording, I pulled a card and the the activation on the card it reads I am powerful beyond measure one thought shared could mean the difference for one person who am I not to share oh
0: wow
1: and I feel you know there is a lot of I I feel like there are a lot of um unethical and frankly quite damaging practices that we see online like you know you, you mentioned tiktok but I, I do feel like the tide is slowly turning. There's people like you, there's people like me who are starting to present an alternative way of looking at things, a more mm-hmm. sustainable way. You know, we've got um, things like the rise of health at every size, and um, uh, like uh, people taking the principles of intuitive eating and applying them to movement yeah things like that so I think we are starting to <coughs> sorry excuse me change, but it's yep. a little slower than I would like
0: oh, absolutely um and you know even in saying that to sort of contradict we're seeing you know all of this big self-love movement for love your body in every size and I'm so supportive of that because I have been at both ends of the scale um in terms of unhappiness Neither I was I wasn't happy at neither weight, whether it was when I was a little bit heavier or when I was a little bit lighter. Um, I'm sort of in the middle now after children, and I think that we really need to really focus on loving ourselves and still encouraging health. So still encouraging those fundamental elements of you know water and sleep and movement and eating really well. Because on the other side of that, I'm also seeing, well, noticing that via TikTok and things that being unhealthy is being encouraged. Um, the binge eating, not caring, not exercising, you know there's an epidemic of obesity in Australia. and I'm noticing that that's almost being shunned as well and because we don't want to not be body positive. but I don't feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes we need to be really honest in making sure that we're always encouraging health and not promoting not promoting you know from anorexia to obesity because they're both either ends of the scale as well.
1: Yeah, it's a really ch- challenging space to be in. And look, you know, I will admit I'm not an expert on nutrition or health at any size or intuitive eating or any of that. But mm-hmm. I did actually um, I saw a really interesting reframe around that health at every size the other day. And it was saying that health at every size is that you can be healthy at every size. It doesn't mean that everybody is healthy at every size. I like
0: that. Yeah, I definitely feel that because I almost worry sometimes with... Um, you know, the 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 binge eating on and food games and, you know, sleepovers now entail how I've got $90 to spend at Kohl's and this is what all the food that I'm going to get for me and my best friend and then we're going to see how quickly we can eat it. Like there's games and stuff like that on, on kids' TikToks and I'm like, oh, that's not promoting positivity whatsoever and that's really encouraging them to have a poor understanding of health so i guess that's why the passion sort of comes from my perspective there Um, but i do like that quote i might have to get that off you at the end because that's a really really good way to put things
1: yeah and i'm i'm currently working with a clinical nutritionist because i have actually gone through a period of um of weight gain due to health problems Mm -hmm. and i'm actually now seeing a psychologist um related to to binge eating Mm -hmm first time I've admitted that publicly um but she talks about like sustainable practices like could I do this for the rest of my life Mm. and and no matter whether you're talking about food or exercise or a self-care practice I think that's a really great way of looking at it like could I is this realistic is this sustainable Mm.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that and being so vulnerable with me, but I really resonate with it because I too have been through similar situations where binge eating took priority over my life for a long time Um, and I saw multiple psychologists, not just one, because I needed to find someone that really worked with me Um, and I think the most pivotal part of my self-discovery was learning to nourish my body from a place of love and how do I want to feel tomorrow really helped support my mindset when I'm going to autumn, it's almost automated to make those choices. Sometimes like I'm stressed, I'll eat, I'm sick, I'll eat, I have my period, I'll eat. You know, I always find an excuse why I need to binge on, you know, something. Um, And if it's not food in the past couple of years with kids, I'll be honest, it has been alcohol where I've wanted escapism. And I've not wanted to have the responsibility on my shoulders and food and alcohol have been something where I am able to just let go of all that responsibility. Doesn't matter if the house is a mess. Doesn't matter if the kids don't bath. Doesn't matter this or that. I can just go, whew, okay, I'm good now. And I think that now I'm in a place after doing the work um, where I am able to go, hm, is this coming from a place of love? Why am I making this choice? How will I feel tomorrow, having known that I'm making this choice tonight or today? And that really has supported me to come out of those moments um, a couple of years later.
1: Yeah, I really like that—that that idea of like supporting future future me, and you know, is this in alignment? Is this in alignment with my values? This yeah, hundred yeah. percent. We all have um, we all have un- some unhealthy coping mechanisms, you know. Like we're Definitely. coming up to Black Friday, and you know, there are—I'm sure that there's a lot of unhealthy shopping going on.
0: <laughs> so much financial abuse going on right now and with Black Friday coming up. I'm getting so many emails and texts. I'm like, when did I even sign up to all of this? <laughs> leave me alone. (laughs) Just moving on. We'll digress a little bit back to what we want to talk about because we've gotten off the wheel there a little bit. Um, Now, do you feel for women that there's a common theme in terms of the obstacles that we face when leaning into making changes holistically to focus on our health? And if you do, what are they and how do you encourage your clients to move through these?
1: Hmm. Probably... The number one obstacle that I see amongst women, no matter what their life circumstances, is lack of time because we only have a certain number of hours in the day, right?
0: Right. But the thing
1: with time and space, and some people may not want to hear this, but it doesn't just miraculously appear. Hmm. It requires commitment and quite often it requires compromise. So, you know, sometimes we say that something is a priority, but then when you look at your diary and the things that are taking up your time, that so-called priority is actually very, very low on the list. And instead, our diaries are full of other people's priorities, which makes no sense. Mm. So, you know, when I'm working with clients, I take typically like a three-step approach. Um, So firstly, you need to get really clear on your values and your priorities. You know, we were just talking about that a moment ago. And then look at the things that are actually taking up your time and your energy and asking your questions like, does this align with my values? Is this a priority for me? And perhaps the most important question, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to?
0: Mm, I like that yeah yeah and then the next step
1: is to edit your to-do list and I actually love this part because we so often assume that self-care involves doing something but a really practical way to reduce your mental load and actually carve out time for yourself is to consciously and deliberately do less you know instead of trying to cram more in can you do the opposite and strip some things away? Mm. So one of the first things I encourage women to do is edit their to-do list, you know, cross something off, say no to something that you just don't have the mental or emotional capacity to take on at this stage. And that means you have to get really comfortable with saying no. Um, I do have a couple of strategies if you'd like me to share them.
0: Yeah, would love to hear. Please share, yeah.
1: I've got a couple because I know that, people and women in particular do often struggle to say no especially Mm -hmm. no without apologizing
0: yeah absolutely
1: the first one instead of saying sorry saying thank you but so for example thank you for thinking of me but that's not a priority for me at the moment full stop end of story (laughs) you get invited to a christmas party you don't want to go to thank you for inviting me but i'm busy and then just stop
0: talking (laughs) yeah that i think that's the hardest part is to just close it out there be unapologetic um because you know i think you're a lot like me you've probably been a people pleaser wanted to make everyone else happy around you not wanted to hurt anyone's feelings and i'm getting better at this but that pause there for me it feels i felt that in my heart like that discomfort i was like oh I don't ever want to say that. I would rather not respond than say no. Um, So I feel that too.
1: And a slightly softer approach is to say not yet. So right now isn't a good time. If you follow up with me in six months' time, it might be different. Mm. So you're kind of kicking the can down the road. It is a delaying tactic. But I like both of them because they're polite but they're effective. Yep. And, and, you know, as you say, saying no is a practice.
0: Absolutely. When I first started the podcast um, and this brand that I'm creating with the Wellness Resent, I was approached all the time and I still do get approached all the time um, which is wild to me Um, but I I get approached all the time and I was being approached every week for people to send me things and, and whatever and I was like oh my god this is an amazing opportunity every single brand was an amazing opportunity that you know assuming their products was were incredible I wanted to genuinely share I wanted to be a part of the world I wanted to see where it could take me But the more that I kept saying yes, the more overwhelmed I was getting sharing other people's products. And yes, most of them did align with me. And I really genuinely did love the products, but I was investing my time and energy to things that did not necessarily align with my goals. And it made me really unsure of where I was going. I was unmotivated. I was not excited by my personal brand and what I'm trying to do because I was overwhelmed with my own problem of saying yes to everyone because I couldn't say no. Um, as simple as them sending me a messages on Instagram and it being seen, and that's, this is only 12 months ago, and them having seen that I would opened it, I was like, oh my God, I have to tell them yes and here's my address and send it over and I'll do whatever you want. So now I've created, or I suppose, the boundary um, and I've put it in place and I've stuck to it. And I'm so proud of myself for doing so because I decided the influencer life is not for me. I do not want to sell anyone else's products. I do not want to share any other products unless it's something that I am personally using. And I'm like, hey, this is awesome. You're missing out. Guys, check it out, this product. And if I get a discount code, that's cool too. But I, I'm no longer receiving the free gifts with the expectation of me putting in the work to share online because I don't need to do that. I just was doing it to please other people. And I really noticed during that time um, how much energy that sucked from me. Um, And then after that particular moment, I noticed how much and how often I was pleasing the people in my life. So the notifications on my phone, when the phone would ring or I get a text, how quickly I have to answer it and how uncomfortable I felt if I didn't answer the call or didn't respond to a text straight away. Um, And that's the people pleaser in me. Now today, If my phone rings, my rule is if I don't feel like talking, because I do a lot of talking with um, the podcast and things like that and recordings, if I don't feel like talking to someone, I don't have to answer the call and that's okay. And I can call them back later. And so I've done that and it has made waves, such a little strategy to put in place. It might sound silly to some people, but to others, I'm sure it resonates, but it's such a yeah, positive thing that I've brought into my everyday and I feel that weight has been lifted off my shoulders and that responsibility, the endless to-do list, feeling weighed down by never finishing a task because I'm always checking or replying and doing this and that. It's really helped me let go of all of that.
1: Mm. I like that example of the phone calls because mm. you know, as you said right at the start of, of our discussion, you know, I think we sometimes overcomplicate things and mm. actually some of the most effective self-care is really simple and it's not glamorous at all. Like I talk about it as gritty self-care, like there's nothing glamorous about deciding not to answer a phone call. You can't Instagram that. Mm, Right. But, but look at the impact that it's had for you.
0: Mm, mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. I really like those strategies. And I think that if anyone listening feels that they're getting overwhelmed i mean christmas is coming up and there's you know the endless nights out and the dinners and the things like that and all the family want to catch up and if you're like me you've got separated families and you've got to integrate everything i think it's really important to introduce some some boundaries and maybe some of those strategies be like not this year i know that um there's a family that i made the decision to over a year ago. i don't see them unless it's christmas it's so silly like why are we even catching up to, again changing the narrative on what family means you know the forcefulness of christmas um I've just said no this year. Nope, I'm staying home. I'm not going anywhere. If you want to see me, you come here. But I'm staying home with my family. So I think, yeah, setting some boundaries over this period would be really healthy for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. And also just we need a huge dose of self-compassion. You know, I I want every woman listening to this to first of all acknowledge how much she does every day how much how many tasks she takes care of how many people rely on her support and then to acknowledge that you are doing your best and that is enough Mm. you you are enough and to remind yourself that there will be periods in your life when you have more time for self-care and there'll be periods when you have less Mm. regardless of what season of life you're in nothing lasts forever and you know I think we can get so caught up in the day to day particularly you know during those times when we're exhausted or stressed or overwhelmed and it feels like there is no end in sight you know acknowledging that this challenging period is not going to last forever you know mm-hmm. one of the things that that I've really learned from my yoga practice is this concept of the vinyasa you know it's not just a style of yoga it describes the ebb and flow of life mm-hmm. that the tide will turn eventually <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely it will. I love that so much. And I think, yeah, accepting that what we're doing is enough, no matter what that looks like, I totally resonate with that. I've had moments of self-doubt in, you know, when I had my two babies and I was in that um, fourth trimester, they call it, um, feeling like I was never doing enough and, you know, having a to-do list written out and leaving, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but leaving it on the kitchen bench just so And this was subconsciously, this wasn't intentional, but when doing the work, I realized this is what I was doing, leaving this to-do list on the kitchen bench so when my husband would get home from work, he would see my ticks of all the things that I've done because I had a busy day and I've done enough and I am enough. I needed his validation to prove to myself that I'd done enough. And, you know, and if I didn't get that validation from him, I was then craving it or chasing it in other ways. And I think it's just really, really important, no matter what season of life you're in, you are enough you are doing enough and this too shall pass so if you're feeling you know that those moments of self-doubt or limiting beliefs are showing up for you or you've got that fear of judgment showing up those are the things i think that really um appear for me when i'm going into that lack of worthiness and i think just noticing that yes this is a season this too shall pass but where i'm at right now is totally enough (laughs) that was a lot (laughs) it's a
1: wonderful reminder
0: Now, I want to ask you as well, because you are, as you mentioned earlier, a meditation teacher. You do yoga, Pilates, all the mindfulness things, Reiki, you're doing yourself every single day. So mindfulness practices are a huge influence on my mental health. Can you talk about how you integrate these into your programming? So you've talked about them in your life. Can you go a bit more inward on how you introduce this with your clients?
1: Uh, Yes. So it really depends on the individual, which I know is not a very helpful uh, response, but you know, some people are more receptive than, than others.
0: Say someone hasn't done it before or do, you know, has tried meditation two years ago and it never worked out. How would you encourage them to practice these rituals?
1: Yeah. So I mean, for me, it goes back to how you define mindfulness. And I think there's a lot of kind of um, con- confusion about what mindfulness actually is. So John Kabat-Zinn is considered the the pioneer of of modern mindfulness, and he defines it as there are four elements, paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and without judgment. So, yes, there is a style of meditation known as mindfulness meditation, and that's the style that I'm trained to teach, and I run monthly yoga and meditation evenings. I also have, pardon me, um, I have a library of free guided meditations that anybody can access. But my can certainly occur outside of a formal meditation practice. And I think particularly for people who are reluctant um, or perhaps they've tried med- meditation and they think it doesn't work or they don't enjoy it or whatever it might be, you know, there there are other ways of, of practicing mindfulness. And we've tried to weave those practices throughout our offering you know so things like journaling and reflection um are included in everything we do even our personal training packages Um, so we create these opportunities for people to explore and engage with mindfulness but obviously we don't force them on on anyone but you know even that wellness wheel um kind of activity that I was talking about earlier there's an element of mindfulness in there in terms of that that reflection
0: um, Mm.
1: taking a step back outside of your life to 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 take stock yeah whether people know they're doing it or not we're weaving it in there
0: yeah yeah look one thing I encourage my girls in the group to do is um again looking at things to be not perfect and meditation can look like how it needs to for you. If you want to do 20 minutes every morning, good for you. If you can do two, good for you. If it is simply you taking 60 seconds, 30 seconds in the shower to close your eyes, visualize the day washing away, take a few deep breaths, that's a form of meditation too. And I think that, yeah, just being... Being open to the idea of mindfulness rituals to support your well-being is firstly really, really important when you're changing your lifestyle um, because they can support you in ways that, you know, have been previously undiscovered by generations of our family. Um, And I know for me, it has made waves in my mental health, just noticing how I'm feeling in a moment of overwhelm, you know, handle my heart, take a few deep breaths, close my eyes. That's a form of meditation as well. Um, so I think it's really important to yeah do as you've said, not overcomplicate things, um, and be really open to the idea of of holistic changes.
1: Yeah, and and for having it look imp- imperfect. <coughs> I don't know, I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> so having it look imperfect, and I think the um, important part to remember about meditation is that what we think of as meditation, you know, that seated meditation, eyes closed, that was created thousands of years ago for people living a monastic lifestyle. You know, they didn't have jobs. They didn't have um, kids to look after. They didn't have groceries to buy. Mm. They had, they had one obligation and it was spiritual. So meditation has had to change. And, you know, they also talk about, um, men and women needing different styles of meditation and and sometimes women will gravitate more towards uh things that involve movement so i have uh friends that do kind of like freestyle dance and that is kind of like their mindfulness and meditation practice Mm. um you know but as you said like that's that handful of deep breaths in the shower is wonderful i often talk to my um my beginner yoga students about using the traffic lights as as a time to practice mindfulness you know don't close your eyes obviously but that's just free time you're not doing mm. anything you can be yeah. the car kind of swearing at the world around you and, and and raging at the fact that you're having to wait at the traffic lights or you can take that moment to take a handful of deep diaphragmatic breaths and make those the most conscious the most deliberate breaths you've taken all day and then when the traffic lights change, get on
0: with things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good. That's a lovely strategy. I think that I should introduce that because one thing I get so irritated on every day and get resentful on is the fact that I'm in the car doing kids drop off some of these things. I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. So I love that and I'm definitely going to use it. <laughs> Well, Georgina, thank you so, so much for your time and energy today. It has been lovely chatting with you. I will put all of your details in the show notes of this episode so everyone can find you. Um, But, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat. Thank you so
1: much for having me, Carissa.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.